Where do I go? Where will I be? It's who I am. What will I see? Maybe I pray. Yeah. At the end of my days, yeah. What will they say? What will they say? What's up, fellas? Uh, and ladies, by the way. But um, welcome to episode nine. What will they say? Again, just appreciate the support. I'm asking that you guys um, hit the subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button. Um, for a dude who might be able to say words today um, or as they say smash the subscribe button I don't know maybe that means something different I hear him I hear him say it and so let's just see if the word smash the subscribe button actually works today but we're rolling into it we're throwing rocks today son and one thing I'm excited about is starting off with this book C.S. Lewis the problem of pain um, C.S. Lewis is an absolute was an absolute <clears throat> just monster in the way of he um, he has a way. He has a way with words, shall we say? But I'm going to start it off with the end. And the book is the problem of pain, and he's trying to reconcile the problem of pain um, that we all feel, we all share, and how that coincides with with this world, uh, with our Creator, with with just how we can try to make better sense of the world, knowing we'll never make full sense of it. And so, in the closing of this book, he says. Um, Talk about specifically about not just the physical pain that you see, um, but the mental pain that we feel. You see, he says, mental pain is less dramatic than physical pain, but it is more common and also more hard to bear. The frequent attempt to conceal mental pain increases the burden. It is easier to say my tooth is aching than my heart is broken. Yet, if the cause is accepted and faced, meaning if we address it, the conflict will strengthen and purify the character, and in time, pain will pass. Sometimes, however, pain, it persists and the effect is devastating. If it is not faced or recognized, it can produce the dreary strait of chronic neurotic. But some, by heroism, overcome even chronic mental pain. They often produce brilliant work, strengthen, harden, and sharpen their characters till they become like tempered steel. In the last sentence of the book, pain provides an opportunity for heroism, or as I like to think, redemption. The opportunity is seized with surprising frequency. So it's how how do we adjust how do we adjust our pain? And one thing I think about is with this, especially with this movement and just things that we're trying to do here, is changing legacies changes lives. Uh, when we see change in others, it, it usually changes us, and we want it. And so what if we build a bunch of dudes who, who are just like that? It builds on one another when we continue to make changes in our lives. It's like a pyramid scheme, except we're not telling we're not selling protein powder. We're we're doing it legally and just building a group of men and, and getting that train on the tracks. And so how do we change legacies, I think? Well, we change legacies by changing our habits. And I think one of the worst habits we have as men um is we carry rocks. We carry rocks around with us. You see, these rocks, they represent shame, they represent self-doubt, self-hatred, self-loathing, regret, um, past mistakes, addictions, loneliness, all the things. And man, we do a great job of carrying some rocks, boy. We carry rocks all day long of all these things. We put them in our glasses and we just have a way, and myself have a way of ignoring them and thinking that we're, that we're putting them aside. But it's how can we pull out these rocks and throw them out of our life when we address the real pain that we all have? It's liberating. It's freeing. It's it's 
you you feel light you almost um i think you almost feel like you have a second chance at life and um so how do i know this is true you may think man i don't even know what you are saying well maybe i don't know what i'm saying either maybe cs lewis isn't the right book for us right now but to paint a better picture of mental health especially among men compared to women not to say i think mental health is 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 um critical for all of us but men commit suicide about four times greater than the rate of women men um and women there's a there's 130 suicides per day so i did the simple math on that and that's one of every 11 minutes so just in this episode alone someone will end it that's just the facts someone will give up someone will pull the ripcord and they'll end their life and then if we're really being honest i've always liked to think of how many more people are just thinking about it they'll never do it they'll they'll never do it but the thought of do, doing it continues to weigh them down and it's almost like you don't do it but you're constantly thinking about doing it therefore you've already kind of put yourself in the cell you've already kind of put yourself in that prison and the other thing that's just baffling to me is you know, I've, I've heard this a bunch of times but the average person has the amount of anxiety that a psych patient would have had in the 1950s. The average person has the same amount of anxiety that the average psych patient had in the 1950s. But how is that? How is that? How are we antsy um, when we have never been more comfortable? Why are we scared when we've never been more safe? And so the thing that I've thought about just as I continue to kind of try to think about this and think about this is I think our lives are like glasses of water. They're nothing more than just glasses of water. And sometimes I think we feel like it's going to spill over. Sometimes I feel like the water, we're about to lose control and we're about to just overflow. We can't take anymore. We're about to have a breakdown. It's just gotten, the weight of life has just gotten to be too much. And then we feel like we're on the brink of control. And I think, how do we look inside ourselves and figure out what's really bugging us? Like, I think the one thing we do is we we look at our glasses, right? We look at our glasses sometimes, occasionally. But I think I have the more uh, higher um, tilt towards looking at other people's glasses. You see, I'll look at my neighbors and I'll think, man, you know, <laughs> you know, Trevor, he's got it all together. Look at I mean, look at him as I'm just scrolling. You know, look at him, man. He's got a beautiful family. I mean, they went to the Poconos. They're they're skiing and shoot, they went snorkeling in the same day. I don't even understand, but they they just got it figured out. Or, or you know, Ronnie, you look at him and you look at his grass, look at his yard, and his lines are perfect when he's cutting his grass. They're perfect, and. It just is like, dang, man, I wish I could do that. I wish I could be like him. And you don't know that he might be snorting lines inside the house. You know, but all we see is the exterior. You see, all we see is really the top of everyone's glass. We just see the top of it. We don't we don't see the deeper issues. You know, we don't we don't tend to, I think, look at the whole glass and realize we're carrying rocks. And the rocks in the water, we can't carry as much water than we normally could. You see, we're about to spill over 
and we can't even handle that much. We're on the brink of giving up. And so I think we look, I think we look at the top of everyone's glasses, just walking around, comparing each other's glasses, you know, or, or I'm carrying this glass, you know, and I, another guy's carrying his glass too. And we see each other by the water cooler. And here I am contemplating the end of my life. Or here I am contemplating what my, what my family would do without me, what that would look like. And, and yeah, but dang, man, that game last night was fire, homie. That game was awesome. That fourth quarter, whoo, that fourth quarter, man. And man, did you see the weather? Whoo, whoo, boy, that weather, it is insane. I don't know. We'll see. We'll just see what happens, right? Crazy, mm, man. We just fill it with small talk. And another thing I think of too is just, is is, a my, is my situation, things that just I've experienced too is like, and what's this look like for all of us? What does it sometimes also look like too outside of covering with small talk? Well, sometimes I think it looks like your pain oftentimes may be rooted in the pain of someone else. And I've heard dudes and I've, I've had thoughts too and heard people say, you know, man, if my wife would just be more intimate. If my wife would just give me some attention. You see, I can't go without it much longer. My wife just isn't, she isn't putting out like she used to, you know? And, but see, marriage is, marriage is interesting because it's, you're really, you each bring your own glass, but you're really in marriage. You got to, you got to share glasses. You know, you both got two glasses. You both got two glasses. Oh, heck, let's throw some rocks in here too. You know, you both got two glasses. You better put some rocks in here for, for Bay. And we got two glasses. So all I'm going to see in this situation is, yeah, it's good. I'm looking at my own glass, right? That's good. That's real good. What do I need? Oh, I want intimacy. Oh, I want attention. Oh, why won't she let me do this? Or why can't we do that? But the problem is, is she's got her, she's got her glass too. And we refuse to, uh, we refuse to address it. You see, what pain does she have? What longing and craving does she have for us? From us? How have we not stepped up as men? The men that maybe she wants. Maybe she wants to crave intimacy, but maybe we haven't connected with her emotionally. And so it's two glasses. And so I think my pain is tied to this pain. So my pain is rooted in the pain of somebody else. So before maybe I focus on getting my rocks off, you know what I'm saying? Maybe I got to worry about focus on her rocks of pain, of shame, of maybe body image. Maybe I got to focus on those rocks, like I said, before I worry about before I worry about getting my rocks off, son. And that's what we're called to as men, I believe. And then this, this past week, man, I had another situation where I was carrying rocks that I didn't even know I was even carrying. I mean, these rocks, and they just came out of the bottom of the glass, and I didn't even see them. And it was in bitterness. You see, I had a friend come over. I guess we'll say friend. He's a friend. He was a friend, and we had a little run-in, had some, um, some, some confrontations, and we thought we buried it, but we didn't. And we were talking about something else, and got real quiet, and he said, man, I got to tell you, I've had a real hard time with you. As a matter of fact, Matt, I've... Uh, I've hated you for a long time. And dude, that rock, that rock came flying out the glass. And that one hurt, but I think it hurt because the rock just came out real quick. But then I sat there for a minute and I realized, you know what? I've hated you too. I've hated you too. I've had this rock of bitterness in my heart that I didn't even know I was carrying. But dang, now that it's out, now that's out the glass, it's real easy to see. And it's, it feels good to go ahead and just chuck that you know, chuck that to the side, man, and just get rid of that. 
that rock of bitterness, the rocks you can't see. Um, and I also think of addictions, you know, addictions and behaviors and things that we do are so, kind of a certain way to, you know, to cover up the glass, you know, to cover up the glass. And for me, you know, a lot of times it's alcohol or was alcohol um, or drugs or um, shoot anything sites you go to um, scrolling that you do comparison that you do, I think is a way in an addiction and a behavior, whether like <laughs> social media or, or shots or, or anything, the addictions and the behaviors that we do that cover up the pain. It's like we're consuming something that's cons- in order to make up for something that's consuming us. Consuming something that's, that's that we're trying to make up that's consuming us. And every addiction, they say research shows, is, is rooted in trauma. And that's a problem. That's a real problem. If every addiction is somehow rooted in trauma, then... It's really just a symptom of it. It's not, it's not the source of the pain. And that's the problem too, I think, is, is it seems to me like pain is a seed, you know? And if I were to drop that seed in the glass, if I were to drop that seed in the glass, it's a hell of a lot easier to go ahead and pluck it before it settles in, to go ahead and pull that rock out before it, before it drops in. As soon as it drops in, you got algae, you got growth coming around it. It's harder, it's harder to pull that rock out the water when it's been sitting there a long time. And so that's how I think pain is like a seed. You know, we can choose to, choose to address it as it comes and pull out the rock right away and throw it away. And don't let that seed of hatred, um, bitterness, revenge, uh, something that was done to you, something that was done to others, don't let it take root. Because then I think when it grows roots, which are really kind of underground branches, it starts to come out. It starts to come out the ground. And now we're looking at a tree. And that tree's got branches. And when you see the tree, you see the tree, but you don't see the root. And I think... It's real tempting, especially for me, to try to see the branches. And man, I got to cut this branch of alcoholism. I got to cut this branch of anger I've been having. I bought it. I got to cut this branch of anxiety and just treat that anxiety. Well, the problem with that is now we're pruning branches. And sometimes when you prune prune plants, try saying that times a few times over. Sometimes when you prune plants, you actually make the root stronger. And so if, for my situation, you're trying to quit drinking, if I just try to quit drinking, okay, I can try to do that and I can white knuckle it. I'm not going to make it much. I'm not going to make it very far because I'm just trying to treat that branch versus the root. But the the branches, again, are what, are what we see. And so I think getting to the bottom of that hurt, getting to the bottom of that glass. And I think that's part of what we need is we need people and men and women, if you're, if you're a lady, but you need you need some people around you who, who can help dig out those roots of, like I said, self-hatred, shame, all the things, whatever that root is, doubt, pain, like I said, something somebody did to you, something you did to others. It's like almost like a constant state of self-examination that we need to do. And then we need people around us that can help us see that. Because sometimes it's easier to see someone else's glass than it is to see your own damn glass. And that can be frustrating, but that's why we need people. And that's why I think we were built for that kind of community. But we've kind of gotten away from that. We've gotten away from real deeper relationships. You know, we build we build our friendships now on on sports teams, on activities. Oh man, you like cornhole? I like cornhole too. We should be best friends, man. We both like cornhole. Which there are some common interests, but it's gotta be deeper. 
Because to me, if it's not built on something else, then there's nothing, there's nothing there. Um, so I think the foundation has got to be strong. And I think for me, you know, is, is my, is my alcoholism that I was dealing with. It wasn't, it wasn't just the alcoholism. You see, I think it was the shame. It was the shame that I had. It was the shame of, you know, it was the shame of trying to quit drinking that I was trying to treat. I felt bad because I'm, I'm still drinking, but I, it was actually the, the shame of past, past decisions. And as soon as I addressed that, quitting drinking was about the easiest thing I've had to do. And I haven't thought about it since, you know, as far as really doing it again. I don't mean that braggingly, but just because it, it took me a long time to get to the root of that. And so I think we need to find relationships that help us empty our glass. Because here's the thing. I think when we have empty glasses, empty glasses will make for bigger cups and bigger men. If you know what I'm saying, you know, pun fully intended. Um, and then you have bigger glasses and the things that, the things that used to bug you don't bug you anymore. You got a bigger glass, but you just got to constantly empty out the rocks. So go to someone this week, have a real conversation, dig deep into the bottom of the glass, dig deep into the bottom of the root and let's throw some rocks, baby. (laughs) 